Welcome back to Roman, Alaska. Today we wanted to talk a, a little bit about our upcoming cabin build. Uh, we, I guess it's kind of in progress. We, we did a little bit of work, but we're definitely going to hit the ground running this year on it. And so we wanted to share some details about the cabin as well as the location and, and kind of why we chose that specific location. First of all, I do want to talk about, we do have our little dog here. His name is Dawson, and you'll hear him occasionally whine and cry and try to get our attention because we're not focusing on him 100% of the time, and he's not getting our attention. So he doesn't like that, so you'll hear him whine. But in saying that, you'll also get to see footage of him on our TikTok and Instagram um, because he is featured quite a bit <laughs> in all on all of our social media because he does go with us. He goes with us on the boat and on road trips. Um, he hasn't gone with us on the snow machine yet just because we haven't found a uh, good solution to keep him nice and warm because he doesn't have a little, he doesn't have an undercoat. He's a schnauzer. So we haven't found a solution to keep him nice and warm just yet. So back to the location of the cabin. So it is off of the Tanana River. The launch point for getting the boat in the river and then the trailhead it is an about an hour south of Fairbanks and then boat ride about how long do you think the boat ride is oh it's depending on if we have a load um, of supplies or if it's just we're going for a day it's a it's about a good hour <clears throat> hour and a half again depending upon the water conditions and the yes the, the load in the boat and then we haven't quite got there just yet by snow machine, but we're guessing it's about a 45-minute ride by snow machine. Yeah, I think... It could, I think it could vary, though, just depending on the weather and the trail conditions. But it is actually land that has been in my family for generations, and it's where... It's what we call fish camp, and it's where my grandparents had for years lived i imagine a in the summer months they lived probably all summer long just fishing out of there and basically made that their home for the entirety of the spring and summer possibly even the fall i don't know all the history there but i do know that they made that their home and then i spent some time there when i was a kiddo. Um, we spent a few weeks there every summer and I, as I got older and became a, a young adult, I didn't get a chance to go there very often. And then back in 2019, David and I took a boat ride there with my kids for just a day trip, just to check things out. And, uh, it had been my first time back there since I don't even know when I it could have very well have been since I was maybe 13 or 14 and it had been many 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 years since anybody had been back to that camp but it was interesting because there were still remnants of somebody being there there was our old picnic table and there was an old platform that uh, I remember my dad building out of plywood and you could see where there were like outhouse pits. There were fire pits. There were, there was an old kitchen sink uh, that I, 
I'm pretty sure I remember my mom telling me that that used to be my, my grandma Louise's kitchen. So there was remnants still there of past campsites. Um, so it was really quite amazing to go back and see that and have feel a connection there. And even now as we go back, there are still things that we come across of people staying at that camp. And like I said in the last uh, podcast, we took the metal detector out there and we've come across some really interesting finds. And we have plans to take the metal detector out again um, just to see what else we find. So going out there that first time in 2019, it was was almost like uh, the beginning of something. I knew even back then, we didn't know what our plan was. We just knew that we wanted to see it. We wanted to see that camp, but when we did finally go and see it and I brought my kids there, I sensed that it was the beginning of something. And then we began to talk about potentially building a cabin somewhere that was kind of the top of our list just because of the history that was there. And I just felt such a strong connection. I don't know if it's because I spent time there as a child and I had memories there or if I spent time there with my mom. My mom passed away in 2008 but I had such a close relationship with her and going back to that camp and knowing that I spent time with her there and that she had spent time with her mom and I know that she had such a strong incredibly close relationship with her mom um, and with her dad. I don't know if that's what drew me to that particular campsite I'm not sure what it was but when we were deciding where we wanted to build I just kept coming back to that particular spot and I just couldn't let go of it and it's it's a kind of a larger piece of property and so when David kept kind of approaching me about where we wanted to build we had other we had looked at other properties I just seemed to keep coming back to this one. And even though it, the the other properties that we had looked at were accessible by road, and they were on the road system, and they were much easier to get to, this one just kept calling back to me. So we just finally made the decision, you know what, I think this is the one. This, is, this fish camp was where I think we needed to be. So that's when we, we went back again. And we started doing some exploring and walking around. And I don't know if we have like video footage of where we picked out the cabin site is going to be. Because it's not actually where the old campsite was where we stayed when I was a child. Um, It's actually a little bit farther down just a bit. It's a completely new campsite. And we cut a lot of brush because let me tell you, there... There was, it was thick brush. Like again, like I had said, there was, nobody had been to this campsite in probably 20, maybe 25 years. And then where we picked the campsite, nobody had been, I don't think ever. I don't think anybody has ever camped where we decided to put the cabin. So not only did we pick out where we wanted to build a cabin, we had to cut brush there, but we had to cut a trail from the old campsite to the new cabin site. Um, so we cut a lot of brush. And I know we have footage of <laughs> c- 
cutting all of that brush. And so I joke with David now that if I don't know how to do anything else, I know how to cut a trail and I know how to cut brush. <laughs> so um, I'll let David talk a little bit more, though, about picking that campsite or the cabin site and the cabin build and what it looks like and what it's going to look like. Yeah, the the cabin itself we decided on uh, 16 by 20 uh, so it's it's relatively small. Uh, it's going to have a loft, but it's plenty. It's plenty big enough, you know, for the two of us, which it, it's going to be most of the time. But it's big enough to have a few guests over once in a while. It's not terribly hard to heat, and so we did opt to build it uh, again, kind of off uh, from the the place where others had had, you know, stayed in the past. And it just seemed like you know, a better option to pick our own spot. And mm-hmm. so uh, we did We did cut a lot of brush. And for those of you not familiar with the interior of Alaska, we have the, uh, the Alaska rose. And it grows thick, and it's got quite the, uh, quite the thistles. Uh, yeah. And so uh, we uh, certainly pulled many, uh, many stickers. Uh, it has a habit of going through some even the thickest of, of uh, leather gloves. But spent a lot of time cutting through the uh, brush and clearing and leveling and uh, moving. Thankfully, uh, because of where it's at, there's a fair amount of sand and stuff. So we were able to move sand to to get the foundation set. And uh, the bigger challenges have been just the logistics of getting material to the site. Again, everything has to come out of Fairbanks, uh, be hauled down to the, the boat landing, then transferred into the boat. Uh, then, you know, sometimes a couple of hours by boat, and then up from the bank up to the build site through the through the brush and down the down the trail. So it's there's a lot of handling of materials, and uh, that's what's kind of driving us, by the way, to try and find a winter trail so that we can haul stuff by toboggan. We can haul it right up to the build site, it just cuts down on a couple of, of times of handling the material. It also makes it easier for some of the heavier material. I do want to tell one story. <laughs> when we, the one time that I decided to go down while David was hauling plywood by boat, I had told David really early on, if we come up to a barge, because the barge travels the Tanana regularly, I don't know how regularly, but enough, right? I had told him, if we ever come across the barge, we're pulling up to the bank. Like, we're going to just pull up to the bank and we're going to wait it out. Because I remember as a child, we were riding in the boat, right? And we came up to the barge. And when you're passing a boat, everybody knows what it's like when you're passing a boat on a river, right? Or a lake, it creates the wave. When a barge goes through, it doesn't create waves. It like, it's like a pot of soup. It just stirs the entire river. It, I can't really explain it. And so I told David early, early on, if we ever come up to a barge, you just got to pull over. <laughs> just pull over. We'll tie up the boat and we'll wait it out. Oh, goodness. So the one time I go with him to haul all this plywood and all these two by fours, we come up to a barge and 
we're not behind the barge. It's gonna, we're passing the barge. And I tell him, you gotta, we gotta bank the boat. <laughs> we gotta go up to the bank. And he's like, there's nowhere that I can safely do this. And I, <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, there was a point where I thought I was gonna jump out of the boat because I thought it was safer. I don't know what I was thinking. But, <laughs> but um, between me trying to hold on to the dog's leash and then trying to keep myself calm and not scream and watching the river being stirred like a pot of soup as the, the barge is passing us and David is trying to maneuver the boat. <laughs> oh, it was so... It was so scary. And now I look back and I can laugh. But at the time, I was not laughing. I was crying and screaming and just making myself look like a fool. But even still, I tell David, like, if we ever come up to a barge, we need to pull over <laughs> because it's not fun. It's not fun for anybody. Our dog had no idea what was going on. <laughs> he didn't think he was, it was scary. Yeah, it's challenges like that that I feel like just when I think I'm getting used to like like I'm ready to like go out and live and do this it's stuff like this that happens and I'm like oh I don't know if I could do this this challenges that we come up that that we come up against and I'm like okay it's just one more thing that I have to learn to deal with so yeah but taking out supplies, I've decided, I decided after that trip that when David takes supplies out, especially those really heavy loads of plywood and two by fours, and even the sawmill, if we, for whatever reason, if we can't get it out through the winter trail, David's going to have to go out on his own <laughs> because I just don't know if I could do it, especially if we have to pass a barge. <laughs> nope, nope, it's not going to happen. There's no, never a shortage of challenges out here, that's for no, sure. No, no. So, we started the cabin, what, two seasons ago now? It was summer of 2021, yeah. But, you know, the plan was we thought we could get a shell up within just that one season. But again, work came up, and the next thing it you was know, we the were... cost of, it, that was right during COVID, and the cost of lumber skyrocketed. I don't know if it necessarily went up like out in the lower 48 or the out I don't know how to say outside in, of Alaska outside of Alaska I don't know how if the price of lumber skyrocketed out there but here in Alaska it skyrocketed like typically what were the prices beforehand well it, it they went up almost double in some cases triple or and and then we of course had shortages where we couldn't get certain materials yeah so the, it certainly blew the budget on the project that was a big kind of uh, put things on hold, it, I think. It, it did. It did. Uh, and then our schedule, of course, was really restricted. So we had planned to get out every other week. Yeah. And it turned out to be sometimes once a month. Mm -hmm. And so we really didn't make any progress. We got a foundation, piers set. Well, we cleared a good spot. We, we did. Uh, we, I would say we spent a lot of the majority of our time was was just clearing, clearing. yeah and so uh, we ended up finally uh, at the end of last season we ended up with a floor so mm -hmm. we have a platform 
and uh, we did end up with a we did dig the root cellar. Yeah. So that root cellar had to be dug by hand. I couldn't get any uh, any equipment out to the site, and so that was dug by shovel. It's currently an eight. It's about four by eight and six feet deep. So I actually plan to extend that this season, but now that I've got it to that point, it should go pretty quick. Hoping so. So we'll get that done, and then I expect to be able to get the walls up quickly. Again, part of the plan here moving ahead is to purchase some materials over the wintertime, haul out what we can, and have it on site so that, again, as soon as the snow is gone, the river, the ice in the river clears, and we can get the boat in the water get down there. We've got the month of June pretty much blocked out with the uh, the goal of knocking that out. And so yeah. now that we've got the platform done, you know, the floor is done, the walls should go up relatively quick. I think it part of the reason that we decided to do this was at the end of last season, it was September was our last camp where we stayed, I think, two or three nights. It was... It, I, I'll take responsibility for this one. It was cold and it was dark. So I'm sure a lot of you know that in Alaska in the summer, yes, it stays light a lot of the time. Like you've heard the midnight sun, right? And then it, it's true. Um, it is light a lot of the time. However, once summer solstice hits and you start losing daylight, that daylight rapidly starts to decrease so come september it does get dark i'm i can't, i don't even not even sure what but when it gets dark and you are in the woods there is zero light pollution zero light pollution and if the moon is not out it is dark it is dark 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 like just dark and we're staying in our we have a uh, canvas wall tent we have a little wood stove in there and it's uh it stays warm, right? Like it, it does stay like comfortably warm as long as you are consistently putting in feeding the, uh, fire. Feeding the fire. But once you don't, it gets chilly. Uh, again, it's September in Alaska. It, it gets chilly at night. And so I was getting tired and I, I kind of had a meltdown. Uh, it sounds like I have meltdowns all the time. <laughs> I don't, I promise. I have I have a positive attitude most of the time. But it was like four in the morning and I told David, I can't do this anymore. I'm not coming out until there's walls up in the cabin. And so <laughs> David um, is a very good sport and he said, I'll make sure to come next spring, we're going to have four walls up. And I told him, that's all I need. I don't even need a roof. Truly, I don't. I don't need a roof. I just need four walls just to keep the bears out. And he uh, is super accommodating and he has agreed to put four walls up for me and I'm super excited about that and I can't wait to see that and I feel like we've done I feel like we've already done a lot of work even though it doesn't seem like it I think just the amount of land that we've cleared uh, we've cleared out a pretty decent spot I know that there's we do want to clear out more though just because we have plans to put in uh what is it called the uh three-sided woodshed the woodshed we also want to uh, build a little covered area for the sawmill yep. 
those are their outbuildings that we want to put in so there's more to clear but again we've both become experts on clearing land so but the main thing is is just getting that uh, those four walls up and the roof on and keeping the bears out <laughs> <laughs> we've been very fortunate though we've we've really only encountered one in camp can i tell that story we were sure okay so in camp the first night i don't sleep well again because because of bears the second night i sleep pretty decent but i don't remember if it was the first or second night but uh you we hear you hear things all night long whether it's the uh, the grouse or we hear uh, a porcupine i'm sure we've heard porcupine several times the challenge of course is not to interrupt but the challenge uh, you know, part of this is because again when you have 24 hours of daylight the animals are active all the time all the time squirrels we have uh, numerous squirrels that like to visit our camp and they love to torture our dog dawson and dawson just loves to uh, protect the uh, campsite because uh, that's that's his job so every little noise that i hear i'm, I'm awake and i'm listening and we have a platform set aside, set up that David put up just this year that we put all of our stuff up, stuff up on there when we leave the campsite. Well, we had the tarp hanging from the, uh, the, the platform and uh, I was laying there and I, I heard that tarp move and I knew it wasn't the wind and I heard it move again and I, my eyes flew open and I knew instantly that wasn't a porcupine, that certainly wasn't a squirrel somebody was moving something was moving that tarp and i reached over and i grabbed hold of, hold of david's arm and i said there's a bear and he at first looked at me and was just like uh, kind of confused and then he heard it too and he was instantly wide awake and he knew that it was not uh, a porcupine it wasn't a grouse so he jumps up and uh grabs his uh his gun and he looks out the back window, and I had pointed towards the front of the tent. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, the bear is that direction. And I was pointing towards the front of the tent, and he's looking out the back of the tent. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's no window to the front. <laughs> well, I know. So I have to look out the one window I have to see, make sure I can see something before I step right out. So Dawson had also heard the tart move. So he's prancing back and forth, back and forth, and he wants to go out and see. So... David is standing at the uh, front of the tent. At, th at this point, I'm like, hmm, do I go out there with him so I can face my fear of a bear coming into the tent? Or do I just sit back? What, I'm trying to debate, you know, d with myself. What do I do? So I'm like, you know what? I'm tired. <laughs> it's the middle of the night. Uh, it's pretty early in the season, so it was bright out still. It was really bright. Uh, so David goes out. I hear one shot and then I hear a second shot and then he comes in he said yeah he's gone so David crawls back into his sleeping bag and rolls over and goes to sleep and I'm like what, <laughs> what was that so I'll let you tell your side of the story about what you saw when you went outside the tent well as I came out of the tent you know I, I spooked him and he ran back into the wood line and he stopped and looked at me and so Again, I, I, we have a harvest ticket to take a bear, but 
again, there's a lot of work in you know processing a bear, and we had other goals, and processing bear wasn't on the it wasn't on the agenda, <laughs> and it, it was a small black bear, uh, so my feeling is again not wanting. I just wasn't interested in processing a bear that night. So I fired around behind it uh, in the dirt. It took off. I put another round back in the same spot in the dirt just to you know make sure he still knew what I, that I was serious. If the warning shots weren't enough and he came back and continued to visit, then uh, then you know then we got to take care of the problem. But you know we. We picked that location. It's rural Alaska, right? It's wildlife is all around there, and so it was just as much that bear's home as it was ours. Yep. And so I don't want to go out there and, and just kill everything because it's invading a space that we actually invaded from it. If it's not a problem, if it's not coming in, it's not doing any kind of destruction, it's not threatening us, then I, you know I, I'm okay with with just making sure it knows that this is my area and to stay away. As long as we can live like that, then then I think that that's fine. Again, if it becomes a problem, if it continues to come back into camp, uh, if it starts tearing stuff up, then, then I got a problem and I have to address it. But it, this one worked. That was the only time we saw it. It never came back. And so we never ran into any, any prints around camp, um, nothing. So... Uh, you know, it, it worked in this case. What's interesting is the very first time that we went to camp in 2021, we saw bear tracks on the sandbar right. that first time. I remember that first time that we landed, mm-hmm. and then we saw that bear that one time come into camp, and we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I guess this past summer, we saw where it had gotten into where what we had left, like the... Uh, Something that got into there and chewed on on there. We had accidentally left a plastic water bottle or something, yeah. and something had not on the. And, and it, it very well could have been the bear, yeah. uh, but it could have easily been, you know, a fox or a wolf or. And but that's interesting though that, out of two years, may like two times, maybe three times. Right. So I think that's pretty good. Uh, it's not too. bad. Nope. Nope. And again, yeah, it, it hasn't been an issue. So. so. But once those walls go up, I'll feel much more comfortable about staying out there. And I, it's, I would encourage our listeners to go check out the. I know, and this sounds cheesy, but to go see the TikToks that I've posted, because the view of the river, it's so serene and it's so beautiful. And going out there, like first thing in the morning, or at sunset after or just after sunset and seeing uh, the river it's so peaceful and it just kind of feeds the soul i just absolutely love being out there and i can't wait to where once the cabin is up and we can travel out there in the winter time and we can build that fire in the fireplace um, or the wood stove and be out there in the winter and have that peace and serenity in the winter time i can't wait for that and that's going to be that's what we're working for and all this time and the work that we're putting in it's all for a reason it's all for a purpose and it's something that we're both it's something that we both want and it's something that i didn't realize that it's what i wanted until a little bit later in life and now that i know i now that i've identified it 
I feel very goal oriented now and uh, I'm ready to, to put in the work. It's going to be fun and it's, it's going to be very gratifying. Again, the cabin is really designed for almost semi-permanent mm-hmm. occupancy. So a lot of the plans that we've come up with, again, inside plumbing, and, and that's going to be a challenge. We're going to drive a well. So we'll have, again, water within the house. We're going to have some solar power. So, again, the idea is that we can we can really live in the house full time. Yeah. And uh, so I'm excited. Yeah. We have plans to put in um, a garden. We've kind of plotted out where we want that garden to be. Mm-hmm. Potentially maybe have some chickens out there. I've toyed with the idea of maybe even having goats, but I don't know anything about goats. So <laughs> <laughs> other than they're super cute and maybe even making some goat cheese. <laughs> Again, I don't know anything about it, but I'm willing to learn. I'm just really excited about where this is all going. And uh, I would love to bring people who are interested in these same things I would love to bring them along and maybe learn right along with us because like I said I don't know a whole lot about it and if I can bring others along with me while I'm learning I think that's exciting and sharing that journey with others is invaluable and I have learned a ton in this process again I'm not a I'm not a house builder some of the stuff I've learned, some of the stuff I've undone, and, and, you know, because I didn't do it right the first time. There is plenty of stuff that I don't know that I'm going to have to learn. And so I absolutely want to share all that with everybody else. No reason for everybody else to make the same mistakes that I'm probably going to make. So come along, see my mistakes, and see what not to do. Also, I would encourage anybody, if they have any questions for us, to just go ahead and ask, like shoot us a message or post it. Just ask us anything that you want to know because we'd love to hear from you or if you have suggestions or anything. We're just open to hear what our listeners have to say. Or again, if you have questions, just ask away because we are, we're here to learn, uh, not just to share what we know, but also to learn we're all on this journey together and I, I like to say that I'm old enough to know that I don't know anything and I'm just willing to learn so yeah I'm excited about getting to go out to camp in the winter and then as spring comes along and summer then we can start that build process and see what happens see what we can get done this summer and then once fall hits, you know, then it'll be moose hunting season. And then you guys can come along with us during that time and, yeah, see what happens. Yep. See what that cabin looks like come moose hunting season. I mean, maybe we'll be staying in there. Who that knows? That would be, be my goal. That would be amazing. I'd love that. It's always nice when you've got, you know, you've got a goal and you've got a schedule. It just kind of forces your hand in things. Yeah. And so, yep, it's something that I definitely need. I need. Yeah. I need something to push me towards it. Okay. Well, again, if you guys have any questions or suggestions, just let us know. Check out our uh, website, www.roamingalaska.com. Again, uh, we've got some videos that we're going to put together here. So once we start posting those on YouTube, we'll certainly put a link uh, probably on our website, and we'll put it in the show notes here and share it with you. 
And my TikTok is actually, it's not roaming Alaska. It's actually just at Rochelle.June. But our Instagram is roaming Alaska and Facebook. We can actually put that in the show notes for this. And so everybody will have that link, those links, and can check it all out. Yeah. Our next podcast, we're hoping to be uploading about every other week. Again, based upon our work schedules and our workload, we're hoping every other week to be uploading. So listen for that. We've got a couple of things that we're working on. We're working on getting out to camp on that winter trail. So we definitely want to share that journey with you guys. This will be an upcoming podcast, whether that's the next one or not. I I can't promise anything. And then we also have... uh, The ice fishing. Ice fishing, that's right. We want to do some ice fishing, but we want to actually do the location of the ice fishing is going to be in Minto, and that's uh, my home village. That's where I'm originally from. We want to do some pike fishing out there, so hopefully we can get some good footage and maybe catch some fish. That would be amazing. I love, I absolutely love fishing. That is, that's something I've loved doing since I was a teenager, especially out in Minto, because the fishing is no wait the fishing is horrible you don't <laughs> want to fish out there you never catch anything um so don't even bother <laughs> but yeah no hopefully we'll be we'll be able to do some ice fishing out in minto um and we'll have some uh footage and we'll be talking about that in an upcoming podcast so and I can, tune in and i can probably guarantee that once again as always you will outfish me well of course that's yeah. you know that's a given I used to get embarrassed by that fact. You know, I grew up with my dad fishing all the time. That's a big thing in my family. And you, you outfish me. <laughs> it seems like every single time. Well, it doesn't seem that way. It is that oh, way. <laughs> okay. All right. So, anyway. Okay. <laughs> so just tune in, and we look forward to bringing you guys along on all of our adventures that we have here um, while we roam Alaska. Thanks again for tuning in.